You're listening to the Victory Church Podcast. Here at Victory, we are called to equip a caring, committed community of worshipers to reach their world for Jesus. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Hi, my name is Pastor Michael Faulkner. I'm the pastor for Outreach Ministry here at Victory Church, and it is my high honor and blessing to be with you today, to be able to share this special season of participation, anticipation of our preparation for the Christ event. And we know that the Lord is blessing us in so many amazing, amazing ways, and I'm excited about all of you being here and about our time together. So let's pray, ask for God's blessing and anointing on this time, and get into the Word. Can you do that with me? Father, we love you and we thank you for loving us. We thank you for your son, Jesus, and all that it means to be a follower of Jesus. And we thank you for this very special season of preparation and anticipation as we, Lord God, prepare our hearts to receive him and share with others, O God. Even though we know you in a personal and special way, we thank you, Lord, that we get to know you and experience you afresh and anew every day. We love you, Father. And we pray now for this word that is being spoken now through this cracked and broken vessel of clay that I am. Father, I pray that you would bring an anointing, O God, that would meet the needs of those who are watching and those who are listening. And all people, dear God, may we rejoice in you as being the provider of the teacher of the church, the Holy Spirit. And we thank you that we can pray in that matchless name. Of Jesus, we pray. Amen and amen. If I were to ask you, what is the most dangerous thing that you face? What is the biggest threat that you have facing you right now? We'd all have different answers and responses, depending on our age and life circumstances, situation. But I think we would all agree that the moment that we began to trust God and believe the Bible, life got much more dangerous. I mean, we had a a bullseye on our chest, and it seemed like, oh my goodness, every time we turned around, somebody was shooting at that bullseye. But, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so convinced that the uncertainty of the times that we live in can only be met by a certainty in the God we trust. And you may be here, or you may be watching, you may be listening and saying, you know, I'm not so sure how much I really trust God. Well, here's the good news. Because you're here, I can assure you God has a wonderful plan for your life, and he believes in you and in his plan. So sit back, relax, and let God's plan be rolled over your life. You know, sometimes when I'm totally exhausted and frustrated about something that's going wrong, and that happens a lot in life, and, and, and I'm frustrated, I'm remembering a scripture verse that from uh, 2 Peter chapter 3 that says, His divine 
power has given us everything that we need for life and godliness. And sometimes I, I, I feel like I'm, I'm crying out to God and saying, God, I need that now. I need it all. I need all of it right now. And, and whenever I talk to somebody else who's experiencing the same kind of frustration or maybe similar kinds of things, there seems to be one common thread, one common threat, one common denominator, hopelessness. You know, in the world today that we are living in, that seems to be a common theme because the enemy is constantly attacking us at our place of hope. But everything that God has said in his word is aimed at counteracting hopelessness. And everything that God has done and is doing for humankind is aimed at restoring hope to us. And so it, 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 it's, it's so amazing because God is in the hope business. Because hope leads to faith and faith leads to salvation and God is all about our salvation. Amen? And so we are excited about being able to share a message of hope. I'm excited about being able to share a message and being able to share the pulpit with Pastor Ed and Pastor Lisa Crenshaw is a great honor for me to be a part of this sermon series, God With Us, and to be sharing this installment, which is the God of all hope. Now, as we look at the, 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 the title, it, it is a, a, a subject, and I will be drawing from different scriptures, but most of the theme will come from one book of the Bible, the book of Romans. And I love the book of Romans as it is a letter that Paul wrote to the early church. He wrote to this church before they had had an apostolic visitation. So they were a relatively new church. But he wrote explaining the finer points of what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. And during that, he, he actually outlines everything that it means to be a follower of Jesus and, and penned what many theologians call the Christian manifesto. So Romans is very comprehensive. But the reason I bring that up is because one of the major themes in the book of Romans is hope. Throughout the entire book is hope. And so we're going to celebrate the God of hope as we talk about this, and the four things that I will try to cover relatively quickly. One is, what is the definition of hope? What does it mean, hope? And then secondly, why is hope essential to a life well-lived? And then we're going to talk about some of those things that destroy or distract us and, 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 and uh, interfere with our hope. And then we're going to talk about the restoration of hope. Let's get into Romans chapter 15, verses 4 and 5, and then verse 13. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in Scripture and the encouragement, say encouragement, encouragement. they provide, we might have hope. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind toward each other that Christ Jesus had. And then verse 13 from the New Living Translation, 
And I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow, watch this, overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. What a prayer. That is God's desire for us. The God of all hope wants to be our hope. What is hope? Great question. Hope is a connection with our future and eternity. Hope is the connection with our future and eternity. You see, we live in four seasons of life. Past, things that have already happened. The present, things that are happening. And the future, those things which we reasonably expect to happen because they happened yesterday, it should happen tomorrow. Those are reasonable expectations. But then there's another dimension that we don't often talk about, and that is eternity. You see, because eternity happens in the world beyond what we can understand fully, completely. Eternity happens in a sphere that takes, requires faith to believe and faith to receive and faith to, 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 to walk into that. But God has placed eternity in our hearts. It's amazing. And so, so, so the definition, the very definition of hope depends on that. And, 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 and he said, as Solomon said in Ecclesiastics, a verse that, a chapter, a scripture that many of us are familiar with. But Ecclesiastics 3, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. And then a, a passage that we're all familiar with, and I won't go through that now. There's, there's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to throw away, et cetera, et cetera. And then he summarizes in verse 11, he says, and he has made everything beautiful in its time. He has also set eternity in the human heart. Yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to the end. He has set eternity in our heart. God put a desire for something beyond this life in the heart of every human being, whether they acknowledge it or not. So what you are going through that is called depression is because, honestly, it is your hope is being attacked and eradicated. So many of our struggles are because we, 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 we can't get into uh, the, the, the realm that God has called us to live in. Hope is also, a, I call it the microprocessor, our emotional microprocessor. Now, I'm not a computer expert, but the microprocessor is the place where all of the, 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 the computer's decisions and decision-making uh, goes through this, this one center. It used to be called circuits, but now it's, 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 it's a circuit or microprocessor, and it happens very fast, and over the years, uh, they have gotten smaller and smaller and faster and faster. But emotionally speaking, hope helps us make good decisions quickly. Amen. Hope is essential for a life well lived. Hope is essential for emotional balance. 
Hope is essential for us not to feel crazy. Now, many of us are crazy, me included, right? But sometimes you feel crazy. You feel off balance. You need hope to keep you moving forward. God is our hope, and he is the source of hope. Isn't that amazing? God is our hope, and he's the one who gives us hope. So, so when we define hope, it's God. It's, 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 it's God. It's our, both our faith in God. And, and you see, hope is how we take our next step. Hope is how we keep moving forward. Hope is how we do that. You know, I, 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 um, I love history, and there's probably uh, one of my favorite historical figures is Winston Churchill. And, and, and I can't think of a time in history that was more hopeless than England when they were surrounded by Nazis and Nazi Germany at the beginning of World War II. And the allies of the United States hadn't come in, and, and they were facing some impossibilities. I mean impossibilities. So this newly appointed prime minister comes into parliament, and he gives the speech of his life. He says, never, never, never give up. Is that all you got, Winston? I mean, we need, we need planes, we need bombs, we need money, we need, we need everything, we need food. Never, never, never give up. He was, he was adamant in hope. And then my, my favorite saying from his that, that I quote often is, success consists of going from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. Hello. You see, when you fall, you got to get back up. When you trip, you got to keep moving forward. That's what hope is. So, so, so why is hope essential? It's a great question, Vincent. And, and, and hope is essential because it manages the complexities of life. We are all, human beings are all hot messes. I mean, they're, they're, we are complex. We are spiritual beings, we live in a physical body, and we possess a soul. And trying to keep all of that organized, moving in the same is a little bit crazy, right? Sometimes you feel a certain way, and you don't do what you, you feel like. And you, you think a certain thing, and you don't feel uh, uh, the same way that your mind. So trying to keep all of that balanced, it requires hope. Hope is essential for that. But hope also is essential for us to pray and fit into God's framework. It's, 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 it's absolutely essential for us to respond to God. You see, God's plan is not our plan, and we don't always know what he's doing. And, and everything that God does is always good, and we have to trust that even when we don't feel that. Even when we mess up, even when we mess up, especially when we mess up, we run to God and not away from God. 
When Israel was being judged and, and, and being uh, 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 exiled for 70 years, watch this. God tells them, and he tells the prophet Jeremiah, as he's explaining that they're going to be exiled for 70 years, he also tells them that they're going to be restored. Whoo! At the same time he talks about judgment, he talks about restoration. In Jeremiah 29 Verses 10 to 12, this is what the Lord says. When 70 years are completed for Babylon, I will come to you and fulfill my good promises and bring you back to this place. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I know the plans. See, I don't know the plans, but God knows the plans. And listen to his plan. He says, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not harm you, plans to give you hope and the future. Then you will call on me and come to me and pray to me, and I will listen to you. I believe in my heart there is somebody watching that needs to know that. And that's special for you. God has a plan that we don't know about, and it requires hope for us to continue to follow into his plan. Hope points us back to God. You see, it keeps us following his plan, but it also points us back to God. Sometimes I don't feel saved. Anybody feel it sometimes? Hello. Stepping on toes here. Sometimes I don't feel holy and sanctified. Sometimes I mess up, and when those things happen, uh, I, I have to get back on course, and, and sometimes the facts and the feelings don't line up. So, so I, I, I have learned, and I am learning, not to follow my feelings. Because feelings are not facts. And sometimes I have to get, get down and, and, and just downright ornery with myself. David did. So many times in the scripture, he's, he's preaching to himself, and, and I love this passage from Psalm 43, and he's talking about how he's going to get out of this situation he's in. Watch this. Psalm 43, verses 4 and 5. He says, then I will go to the altar of my God, God, my God, my joy and my delight, and I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. Then he talked to himself. Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed in me, within me? Put your hope in God, for yet will I praise him, my Savior and my God. Sometimes you got to grab yourself spiritually by the scruff of the neck and say, self, get yourself together. Emotions, you are not going to rule me. You are not going to be my God. I'm not going to be driven by my emotions. I'm going to follow God in hope because I know God has a better plan than the one I have come up with in my mind. It is important for us to understand. So, 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 so let's talk real quickly about uh, how hope is distorted. What things distort hope? First, disappointments. When we're disappointed, they distort hope, right? 
And sometimes, you know, that, that's why that Churchill commentary, that, that Churchill quote, is just, it resonates with me. Failure to failure to failure. Sometimes when we fail, we think, oh, okay, that's it. I'm giving up. No, you can't give up. Because every time you fail, you're closer to success. <laughs> you see, unpleasant things happen, but they don't have to define you. You see, that past, leave it in the past. Let it go. In Romans, Paul said, in, in, in Romans 5, 3 through 5, he says, not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that our sufferings produce perseverance and perseverance, character, and character, hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that he has given us. Hello! God is pouring out his Holy Spirit to us. He has given to us the, the, an outpouring of hope so that we can fellowship with him, so that the disappointments don't, don't define us. But they can distort it. They can destroy hope if we let it. Fantasy will destroy hope. Sometimes we're daydreaming about things that aren't true. Sometimes we can, we can daydream about uh, pleasurable experiences or power that we don't have. Hello, it, it, nobody in here has ever day-tripped on that. I know that. You've, you've, never, you've never dreamed about power or abilities that you don't have. Now, see, I love Marvel, right? Marvel, Marvel movies, right? You know, and, and, and I love listening to, watching superheroes. But I don't think I'm a superhero. I don't think I'm Tony Stark. I think it would be cool to have some of those toys, but I, I leave it there. I leave it in the entertainment realm. When we allow fantasy to control our life, it destroys our hope. Paul said in Colossians, see to it that no one takes you captive through hollow and deceptive philosophy which depend on human tradition and the elemental spiritual forces of this world rather than on Christ. Don't allow yourselves to be taken captive by fantasy. And finally, addictions. Addictions will destroy, they do destroy hope. Billy Graham said, we all have addictions, it's just some are more respectable than others. I, I, I know, I'm a, I'm a recovering food addict. And I use that term, it's not just cute, but I use food as comfort. I do. I love pizza. And sometimes, you know, the, just at the end of a bad day, a hard day, I crave that slice. But I can't let my desire for that slice of pizza rule my life. I live five minutes from one of the best cheesesteak places in Philadelphia. And I'm telling you this, sometimes, sometimes I get a, a hankering, right? But you can't let that stuff rule you. And sometimes it's the, 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 the addictions are worse. Sometimes they're chemicals. Sometimes they're viewing things that we shouldn't be looking at. All about creating pleasure for ourselves. We medicate ourselves to try to stop the pain. That's not what God wants. He wants you to hope in him. Not in your ability to get something off the shelf or out of the store or off the TV or your phone. 
that's going to, quote, unquote, make you happy. How is hope restored? One, hope is restored through godly living lived out in community. Hope is restored by living God's truth through community. You see, we can't do this by ourselves. And one of the, one of the expressions that I hate that is being thrown around a lot is self-care. Now, I'm not saying you shouldn't take care of yourself. I'm not saying you shouldn't, you shouldn't, you know, meditate and do good things to yourself. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying we can't allow self-care to be our God. Because self-care was what Adam and Eve, what the, the, the enemy told Adam and Eve to get into. You see, they were in a community with God. And he wanted to eradicate that. When we do community care, we bless other people and we are blessed by others. 2 Corinthians 1, 3 through 5 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all, say all, all comfort who comforts us in our troubles. Why? So that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. Just as you share abundantly in the sufferings of Christ, so also comfort our comfort abounds through Christ. God has comforted you. We need to comfort others. That's what we have to do. We need to live this out in community. That is how hope is restored through godly living through community. Amen. Hope is restored one day at a time as we seek God's face. One day at a time. You, you know, if, if something horrible or horrific has happened to you, or maybe it's even a traumatic event and you are traumatized, don't expect to snap a finger and it to be all over. Hope is restored one day at a time. And, and God places some people in our life, two kinds of people, basically. Some people in our life are there to boost us up and to encourage us. And then there are other people to remind us that we're not all that. We need both. We need both. And, 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 and seeking to, to, to eliminate all of those people who are haters is like, oh, okay, well, maybe some of those haters are telling us some truth about ourselves that we want to hear. Hello, just saying, just saying. But Hebrews, in Hebrews chapter 10, it says uh, uh, in verse 23 to 25, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful, and let us consider how we may spur one another on to it, love and good deeds. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another all the more as we see the day approaching. Finally, hope is restored as we look at Jesus. Hope is restored when we look at Jesus. There is no better example than of humility and hope than the Lord Jesus, who died to save us, who came on this mission to bring us hope and restore hope. He is the perfect example. 
Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2 and 3 says, Fixing our eyes on Jesus, who is the pioneer and perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame. He did not let the pause. He did not let the cross take away his hope. Scorning its shame, and he sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Or you will not grow weary and lose heart. When you consider Jesus, your hope is restored, your hope is renewed. If you're watching right now, if you're here, and you don't have that personal, intimate relationship with Jesus, you may not think you're worthy. I've got news for you. You're not. But he loves us anyway. I'm not. But he loved me anyway. You can come into that relationship, that fellowship. You can live out the plan he has for you and not the plan you have for your own life with a simple prayer. Saying, dear God, I believe in Jesus. I believe you sent him to be my savior. And right now, I put all my faith, all my confidence in him and his plan. Fill me with your Holy Spirit that I may live the life you have called me to live. In Jesus' name, if you just prayed that prayer, someone's going to come now and tell you what to do, but welcome to the family of God. God bless you. Have a wonderful Christmas. Thanks for listening to the Victory Church Podcast. If this message inspired you, feel free to share it with your friends, family, and social media. And make sure to subscribe to hear future messages from Victory Church. If you'd like to support the mission of Victory, please visit getvictory.net slash give. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day.